Okay, here we go. The Panda Magazine. He's about to get crazy and wild. Stay for a while. Don't touch a radio dial. The Magazine. Kicking it back. Sports talk. Listen to that and stay tuned for some giggles and last go. <laughs> so drink your gin and tonica, but don't smoke marijuana. If you really, really wanna go, have a happy, 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 happy Hanukkah. Happy Welcome to the Planet Mikey Show. Where's my yarmulke? Happy, happy Hanukkah to everybody out there that's uh, Jew- it's Jewish. Yep. You can say it to non-Jewish people and say, I still want you to have a happy Hanukkah, even though you're not Jewish, because why be un- anything but happy? For eight days. Eight freaking days. Eight Light days, those yeah. candles, baby. <laughs> How come they get eight days and we get one day at Christmas? It kind of sucks, doesn't it? Our miracle took eight you know, days. You know why Santa Claus never had any kids? I don't know why I said our. I'm not Jewish. Did you know? Do you know why that's Santa, why Santa Claus never had kids? Why? Ah, he only comes once a year, and it, it's down a chimney. <laughs> Gotta love Santa Claus. <laughs> I had that's low hanging fruit for me. Santa jokes. <laughs> All right, so uh, we are starting the podcast. We're brought to you by uh, the amazing. Uh, surgeons and doctors and uh, friendly folks at LHTA, Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, with five. Although I heard the TV ad said they have six offices. I don't know where the sixth one is, but they have at least five offices. If you're getting bald and you don't want to be bald, just go to these guys with a free, no-obligation consultation with Dr. Matthew Lepresti and Dr. Robert Leonard, and you can get your hair, your own hair growing back on your own head. It's a miracle. I did it. A lot of famous people have done it. Like, name a couple, Ben. Go ahead. Dave Portnoy. Uh, what? My turn. Wes Welker. Uh, Rob Ninkovich. Uh, Brian Scalabrini. Ooh, that's a good one. Zachary oh. Taylor. Tom Karen. Zachary Fourier. Taylor. The former president, Zachary Taylor. Zachary no. Taylor, yeah. Uh, His our, great, 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 great grandson. Our guest. And he had, this guy's got a head of hair on him, too. Zach Taylor is our guest. He's the general manager of cultivation at Bountiful Farms, which means he knows everything that you don't know about how to make good, great, special weed come out of the earth. Now, this become... man is a professional. Yes, he is. And yeah. He joins us right now via the telephone. Hi, Zach. How we doing, boys? Everybody's good here. We're having fun. We just uh, tested some product from... <laughs> <laughs> from Bountiful Farms at a pre-roll level, and uh, pretty nice, pal. Uh, you, did you grow that? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's a, you know, it's a collective. It's a team effort. You know, uh, it sure like is. a plethora of sports. You know, certainly yeah. isn't. Uh, there's no I in team here, especially when you get on the commercial sector. Um, you know, we uh, produced a little over, or rather, harvested a little over forty-five thousand plants this year. Wow. Um, and so that you know equates to uh, you know with our yields, I think a little over two point five million grams. Um, that nice. doesn't account for what we're putting into fresh frozen. Uh, so yeah, it's a uh, it's a team effort, uh, but it's a it's a beautiful uh, beautiful thing to be a part of. Your, your cultivation center, which I've been to, you had a a nice little cookout in your in your. Uh... I'm sorry. Did I interrupt you, Smitty? Yes, you did. You I'm, know what? I'm, I'm sensitive. You know I am. You were, you were holding on to that joint. I, mean, I had, I a, I had a question for uh, for Zach about <clears throat> how long it takes from germination to <laughs> to maturity. <laughs> you go. go ahead. See, go ahead. That's the, that's the yeah, question. I mean, well, you know, to, to Seed not you know, to go weed. down too far down the rabbit hole, there's a there's a plethora <laughs> of strains out there. You know, so that's based upon you know some people call them cultivar strains. Um, you know, I mean. Based on the genetic, you know, kind of disposition of that, anywhere between eight to twelve weeks in the flowering period 
Okay. And there's a lot of ways to go about this. And so when you're trying to go about it outdoors versus indoors, sure, how different. you look at that. Um, so, you know, we look at it basically where we're trying to do our math in terms of trying to achieve as many grams per square foot. And sure. so I achieved that by growing smaller plants, but then having the vegetative time shorter for those plants. Okay. What I mean by that is you can basically have the same amount of, you know, grams per square foot, whether you veg a plant for eight weeks or you veg a plant for two weeks, you would just need more of those plants if you only veg them for two weeks. Veg so them? at Bountiful Farms... We're A to Z. We harvest uh, every 10 days. Um, now, we, you know, we do do a whole plant hang. You know, we don't machine trim. Some others do. Um, but, you know, we're about 120 days so all you in. You guys hand trim? You hand trim all the plants? Yes, sir. Everything. Yes, There's sir. no – you don't do Everything. anything. Oh, that's that's great because that shows that you have a you, – you care more about the product that goes out to no the No stems, no seeds that right. you don't need. That's it. That's it. You know, devoted to better isn't just necessarily our slogan. You know, we didn't mean that in a narcissistic manner. We just meant that, you know, when you've, you know, been doing this for a while and you, you know, understand, you know, there's certain things that – should be brought in from the hobbyist sector. And there's certain things that you should look at from a commercial, you know, from an engineering standpoint, you should look at it commercially from, you know, the hand trimming aspect. That's what makes a good Cuban cigar, Cuban cigars. It's actually, you know, properly cured on the post-processing end. Yeah. Yeah. Rolls, so. yeah. So it's not just, okay, let's plant a seed. And then what comes up is going to be wonderful. You got to take, you got to give it care, loving care uh, all along the way and make sure you maximize not only your ability to make more of the product, but better product. That's it. Absolutely. See, I should Absolutely. come work for you down there. That's what I should do. I should because I, I mean, I. All right, let's ask each person right now. What what year was the first year you ever smoked weed, Smitty? You go first. Nineteen sixty six. Okay, Ben. Two thousand. That's the first time. Oh yeah, you're I was young. Fifteen. Oh, that's not my problem. I was nineteen. That's your parents' problem. Nineteen sixty nine for me. How about you, Zach? How old are you? Yeah, when- I, was, uh, I was 2002. <laughs> <laughs> He's a late bloomer. Oh, yeah. But he oh, made yeah. up for it, young, I think. Young but- buck in the head. Now, let me ask you some educational questions, because a lot of people who you know ingest cannab- cannabinoids, whether it's uh, edibly or, or smoke it or what have you, or tincture or you know however you, you uh, ingest it, uh, they have questions about the, the – give the definition of sativa versus indica, if you would, the short form. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, that whole kind of misnomer really came from, you know, uh, what we've now kind of would correlate with what we call the entourage effect, the symphony effect. Um, and so, you know, one of the analogies I use is when you look at, you know, all the instruments in a symphony and you were to take out something that you would seem minute, like a triangle, and then you then try to then have that same th- symphony, which you realize is the impact of that. And so going back into kind of sativa indica, what a lot of that is, is through the overall terpenes and flavonoids and ketones that make up that symphony of a sativa. And so a lot of those are more pinene, limonene, um, myrcene, and it's those terpenes that kind of provide that more euphoric high. Um, and then you get into more of your couch lock indicas. Yeah. And again, that's lilanol, beta-carophylline. Um, so a lot of it is more um, you know, terpene um, derivative. Um, and then a lot of that also has to do with kind of their relationship to the equator as well as kind of their illicit relationship. I mean, you know, Indica's really kind of took off in BC in the kind bud era when, you know, this plant kind of, you know, went into, you know, um, the black market and had to kind of be brought, um, you know, indoors. And you look at, you know, some of your, uh, you know, African land races, your Durbans and things like that. Um, you know, again, it has to do with the relationship with the equator as, as well as, you know, kind of the elasticity relationship that's taken place. And, uh, 
it's pretty fascinating just kind of see how all those things, you know, compound into what we have today. Well, it's, then, it sounds so so detailed and scientific. You really have to be some kind of scientist, botanist type of person to keep up with what you're doing there, uh, as opposed to people like us who walk in and go, yeah, you got to get indica. You gotta get, what do you got? Okay. And you, by the way, what? Give me the give me the top three strains that Bountiful Farms that you produce. I'd like to know the names of them when, for when I go in there next week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if you're looking for on that sativa end, um, I would recommend our uh, Pina Grande. Um, I actually bred that back in uh, Colorado with a couple friends. What's it uh, called? That is a, it's called Pina Grande. Oh, that sounds like something dirty you see in an X-rated movie. <laughs> hey, look at this Pina Grande yeah, I got on know, my hair. We're, uh, you know, maybe Ron Jeremy will sponsor it, you know. Uh, He's uh, <laughs> in jail. He's in jail. Yeah, he really yeah, it's, is. Uh, <laughs> it's an old school um, pineapple chunk. Um, okay. So that's Barney Seeds. Um, and then that's uh, crossed with the Skywalker OG. Nice. Um, that's nice. you know one of my kind of personal favorites. It kind of hits you know both notes. Um, so you have that you know kind of really you know cleaning agent uh, forward, but yeah. then on that back end, um, you know it has you know a nice mellowing effect uh, for a sativa, anyways. You know. Now you've been um, so you've then, been with Bountiful Farms till since they began in 2018. You've been with this company, and you came from Colorado in order to uh, to to take this position, and you've been in charge of all the stuff there ever since, as far as the growing, right? Correct. Yeah. Since inception. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the uh, huge opportunities and, you know, the reason that I was, you know, uh, willing to take the leap of faith was, you know, they allowed me to, with uh, several engineering companies, you know, design the facility, which I think is, is extremely oh, important because you know, I was able to design it, you know, based on how I grow. And that yeah. doesn't mean that's the right way, um, but, you know, it's the way that I know. Oh, it's um, like so. building a baseball uh, a team yeah. and being able to pick exactly. all your own players. That's a beautiful thing. Exactly. Where is you a- look at, you know, a team and they, you know, fully form into the team in which it was the original, you know, kind of vision of the coach that takes a couple of years. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, exactly. So yeah, we, uh, we acquired the building in 2018, uh, finished build out in 2020 and then uh, we dropped seed uh, right before COVID. And in that's February the cultivation 20. center in Lakeville. Now tell everybody exa- the exact location of the Natick uh, medical dispensary, because that's where they can really get in there and sample what you've been up to. Absolutely. Yeah. 13 Mercer road, uh, Natick, Massachusetts. It is uh, medical only. Um, but we've, uh, you know, we've been very fortunate. We've had great growth. Uh, we started with only three retail partners. We now are upwards of 70 retail partners. Oh, that's great. Um, so your and, product uh, is going elsewhere. Those are recreational only. Yeah, so. your product is being sold elsewhere uh, under different names, uh, uh, dispensaries, but you're the guy that's produced it, and your store is, is in uh, in Natick at Merc- on Mercer. What, what, 13 Mercer? 13 Mercer Road, correct. Okay, now I'm holding in my hand a, a gift I got from uh, one of your fine, fine associates named Michelle, who's absolutely one of the most wonderful people ever. And these are edibles. And I would like you, because we have these boxes in front of us, and we're not yeah. going to eat them during the show, but we're going to eat them right after the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> catching some cherries. Premium hash infused bar white chocolate. Tell me about that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're, we're really excited about this collaborative effort here. Um, so we've teamed up with a Michelin chef uh, named David Yusefida. Um, he is the uh, lead chef for a company called uh, Plant Jam. Uh, they also um, do um, um, their ice cream as well. I'm drawing the blank on their uh, their ice cream name at the moment. Apparently my uh, my herb is working here. Um, but so with, uh, with Plant Jam, uh, you know, what we've decided to do with them is, you know, really kind of focus – on their strengths, you know, from the food science industry and our strengths on the cannabis side of things. And we really are nerds and passionate about both sides of our industries. Because edibles um, are so, so huge, huh? They are so big right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, and it's it's how do you differentiate yourself, like with any market. So what we're really trying to do here is 
um, you know, look at the trends that have done really well in other states and other markets that are a little bit larger than us that have been around for a little bit longer and see how some of those things and parallels can then take place here in Massachusetts. And one of those is rosin and more specifically rosin edibles. And so what I mean by that is oftentimes resin and rosin are kind of, you know, confused and, you know, kind of played all over each other. Sure. But resin basically is, you know, something that is coming from a solvent itself. Um, so resin is also kind of the, you know, the nasty shit that was in our bongs back in the day too, right? Um, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> Which is um, still in my look bong. At, you know, uh, distillate, you know, distillate in a lot of ways is the true definition of the term hot dog flavored water. You can polish that. Okay. So it doesn't necessarily have to be quality in, quality out. Um, nor does it necessarily have to be derivative from the flower itself. It could be from the shake. It could be from the flower leaf. Um, so that's why, you know, the terminology hot dog flavored water really is applicable because you can throw everything at it. <laughs> and then now with the new technology, you can scrub everything. Right. So they have, you know, various technologies. It goes through white film. It goes through all of these things. And then, you know, you're putting that in an edible and you're not really actually in any way, shape or form wanting to celebrate that flavor. You're reintroducing terpenes or you're putting back in terpenes yeah. that aren't necessarily part of, you know, what that again, going back to that entourage effect. That's what's so great about rosin. You're putting it in, you're taking is, out at, to, at, as desired. Uh, you know, by the way, I get my hot dog flavored water from my shower every morning. <laughs> <laughs> and my wiener is uh, I boil the wiener. Anyway, uh, oh now goodness. we got peanut butter hash time, but that's also from Planchia. We got and, and Smitty wants to ask you a question about these. Mu Go ahead, ask yeah, about the porcini mushroom. mushroom seasoning. It says Bountiful Farms uh, Plant Jam. What is that? Yeah, that's the company. Oh, Plant correct. Jam, correct. Yeah. So the Plant, yeah. plant Jam is um, is the edible company that we've teamed oh, up with. So I, it's I like be a that. Collaborative okay. effort. I thought so it was some kind of schmort you put on the our end. medical license, <laughs> and then they are coming up with the food recipes, and then collectively, David and I come up with the cannabis inputs. What's yeah. the best way and to use the porcini mushroom uh, Yeah, seasoning. tell him what to do with that. He's, I'm giving him that sample that was given to me, and he's going to make some steaks or something and put it on a steak. That's that right? definitely the way to do it. So steak, grilled oh. vegetables, pizza, popcorn. Um, and so, you know, what you have there is, you know, there's uh, – that's actually um, some uh, some nano um, particulate powder that's on there. Um, and so basically, what that means is that you know nano meaning it's you know it's a much smaller particulate, so it's going to be a little bit fast acting. And so most edibles will take anywhere from thirty to forty minutes. Um, you know THC sticks to fat cells, so you know the bigger you are, um, the more it might take a little bit longer. Um, um, but you know from that, you know uh, with these you know nano particles, it's going to hit you a little bit faster. Um, and so that's you know it kind of gives you an idea of kind of the rabbit hole that you're going down. Well, um, he just snorted so half the yeah, jar. Bill, don't sniff. Hey, what are you doing? Yeah, you know, you got some mushrooms in there. Too. <laughs> that's a handy little spoon you put in there. Too. Well, Zach Taylor is the general manager of cultivation at Bountiful Farms with their their location, their dispensary location in uh, Natick. Uh, Mercer uh, Mercer Street, and uh, they grow it right here in Massachusetts Are you in Lake. Mention how many friggin' cannabis cups this guy's won. I'm going to tell you right now: thirty can more than thirty cannabis cups for Zach Taylor, including the People's Choice Award for Best Cannabis in Massachusetts two years in a row. We're happy to have had you on the program here, Zach. Good luck to you and to everybody at Bountiful Farms, and we'll see you over there at the dispensary. And keep up the good work, man. Looking forward to it. I appreciate you for having me, Mike. All right. Zach Taylor, everybody. And a good job by him. Doing, you know, it's, you got to be an artist, really, to get deeply involved in, in this art form. And it's, you know, God gave us the cannabis plant. We didn't, it wasn't something where it was discovered by a scientist, but God made it. It's taking what God gave you and making it accessible for humans like you, Ben, 
<laughs> oh, Ben's still hey, hey, he's still there. Hey, Zach. I'm still here. You mean Zach? No, Zach. I meant Zach. Oh, you you don't know how to hang up on on Zach? Poor no, I Zach. Did. He's got stuff to do. Well, you were saying nice things, and I you know I wanted Zach to hear. Well, what if he wants to go home? He just go Christmas oh, shopping. Hey, hey Zach. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. And uh, thanks for being thanks on. Thanks for show. being on the show. Hey, appreciate you. Right. Happy to happy to do it anytime. Thanks, thanks fellas. Well, oh, yeah. that's fun. And, and we're right. going to do the Later. peanut butter hash time now. Uh, I think that's what we're going to do, right? <laughs> yeah. Is that what we're going to do? We're going to eat these? No, no, we, we won't eat them on camera. By the way, this is uh, our podcasts are seen on YouTube. How do they how do they find it on YouTube, Ben? By going to YouTube. If they're yeah. watching it, they already know that. Yeah. They go to YouTube. What do they enter in the search? Planet Mikey. Nice. Planet Mikey. And if anybody wanted Pretty to contact uh, Planet Mikey, they just uh, email that planetmikeypodcast at gmail.com. See, how do you happen to know that? And I didn't even know that. I know that because uh, I also know on Twitter, you're at Planet Mikey on Twitter. That's great, isn't it? In case it? anybody has anything. I put a to... tweet out the other day that everybody reacted to. I, I, you know, I used to be, go to cover a lot of wrestlers. You know, the WWE. Mm. What's it called now? WWE. What was it called? WWF it yeah. used to be. But I, then they got the F out. Yeah. You know why? Because of the animals. Yeah. The pandas and yeah. shit. That's why. <laughs> in any event, pandas. I made a list. I was just thinking to myself, who have I, what wrestlers have I met? So I made a list, and this isn't all of them, but na- you believe this Hall of Fame list of, of old school wrestlers from the WWF? You ready? Go ahead. Ric Flair. Woo! Interviewed him at Neckin in the, uh, in the, in the uh, what do you call it, conference room. Uh, when was this? In the news yesterday, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yeah. He was, somebody tried to break into his house, and he... He knocked him down, then he held him at gunpoint until the cops came. This guy's a former NFL player and a badass. Can you imagine that? And what did he always do with his two-by-four? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, yeah, dig it. Killer Kowalski. I don't know. Met- I don't have an impression of him. I met Killer Kowalski. Drop kicked the guy's ear off. Yeah, you know, he, he told this story on my show on TV about how on the plane flight from Japan... Haystacks Calhoun, you know, who he couldn't fit into the bathroom on the plane. 600 pounds. So he took a shit into the mailbag. They had this giant mailbag, and they let Haystacks <laughs> Calhoun take a shit. In in the the I'll tell you in, in Kowalski's voice. So Haystacks Calhoun was drinking a lot of fruit juice, and he couldn't hold it. So he he took a dump right in the mailbag, and the whole plane smelled awful. He said for about two hours, the whole plane smelled terrible because Haystacks Calhoun Took a dump in the mailbag. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! So, Killer Kowalski. Who else? Uh, Jake the Snake, The Rock was on my TV show. You know that before he was The Rock, he was Rocky Malavia. 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 I called him Malavia. Well, then he was very nice not to correct you. Well, he, no one knew who the hell he was anyway at the time. You know, it's crazy. Uh, the Million Dollar Man. Do you hear a dinging? Yeah, I do. Where is that? That might be me. Sorry. What's going on, dinghy? I don't know. You dingo? I, I put it on A dingo ate your baby. Tony Atlas was on my show. Yeah. George the Animal Steel was on my show. <laughs> Chief J. Strongbow. I mean, that's an unbelievable list. Who and I'm not mo- even a wrestling fan. Who was the most unusual and, and what happened? Well, uh, the, the most unusual was Tony Atlas. <laughs> because... We had, at the same time he was on, we had rented this, well, we didn't rent him, but we brought him <laughs> as, a, as a guest, this midget wrestler from, a midget. from Maine. <laughs> Where did so, you rent this midget? I know. We, we had him come in as a guest. He was a, a, an actual professional wrestler, but he was like two feet tall, and he was 
drunk. Yeah. And he was really mean. So we put him up on the desk. And I'm sitting next to Tony Atlas, who's a wonderful guy. Huge arms. Sitting there. Black guy. You know, you know who he is. Oh, big Tony. Tony Atlas. So we put the midget up on the table. And he's walking back and forth in front of Tony Atlas, trying to entice him into a some kind of battle. He's giving him shit. And then he says, Tony Atlas says, why don't you shut up and sit down? And... The midget says, why don't you go back and pick cotton? Oh, man. Can you believe that? Oh, uh, and they showed us. We're like, oh, my God. Did he say TV, that? Yeah. Did that little racist, drunk midget say that to Tony Atlas, who could pick him up literally and snap him in half in, in two seconds? What is one of the moments on my show where live TV, you know. Did you get your money back because he was drunk? He was drunk, What man. did Tony do to, after that remark? smell the alcohol on this guy. <laughs> and, and he, oh, it's a freak show. Anyway, so that midget guy, I don't know if I brought him in, but that's Tony Atlas was on the show, and he, and he didn't even react. He didn't care what the guy said to him. It's like, so what, you know? Uh, so I gave him a lot of credit for that. But Killer Kowalski, of course, is one of the classics, uh, and he's no longer with us anymore. Yep. Walter. Uh, from Mel- from uh, Malden, I think, was where he lived. In any event. What's going on there, Mike? What you I'm got, checking my what's, notes. What's going on over there? Do you, ha- you know I have an adrenal adenoma? You do? Yeah. You know, I could have told you that. You have all the symptoms. Anything that ends in OMA is never good. Yeah. But the doctor says not to worry about it. There's there's Walter. Walter Killer Kowalski. Does it say where he was born? So tell us about this adrenal uh, thing. Yeah, he was born. Uh, his his birth name was Edward Vladislav Spolnik Kowalski. He was uh, <laughs> He's an astronaut from Russia. <laughs> he was born in uh, Windsor, Ontario. But he lived in Malden. Yeah, in, in, yes. Or wrestling schools in what a What a great guy. Uh, so we're back here on the podcast after that. That was a really interesting, yeah. yeah. And we, we're brought to you by Dr. Robert Leonard. <laughs> Dr. What? Is that what this was? You pointed to your hand? <laughs> yeah, we already did the commercial. Oh, we? we did the commercial. Uh, yeah, I think so. Oh. Uh, and you got your cake. <laughs> oh, I know what I was going to talk about. The cakes. Billy, my pal down in Naples, Florida... He loved you guys. He came into the podcast here with us. He was, in, you know, he sent you and you and I, me. I love it. My grandma's coffee cake. Want me to call Billy? No, no, no. He don't bother. He don't Sorry. bother. He's a, he's out to dinner right All now. Right, anyway, okay. that's it. Uh, but he uh, sent sent cakes to my house to bring to you guys. Well, aren't you guys excited? Mike, you walked into the studio today with. These big boxes, and I thought, what the hell is that? And all Cakes. of a sudden, I spied my grandma's coffee cake. And not only that, it's the blueberry one, Billy remembered. <laughs> yep, you love, we all love the blueberry. And by the way, I heard Bob Cates, who's the president of my grandma's coffee cake, on the radio on being interviewed on WBZ because his cake was served at tea time when the royal family was in Boston. You know, when really? the two of the two, uh, who were they? Uh, were, uh, uh, William and Kate? Well, yeah. What a treat for them. He, they served, and they love the cake. Now, they're gonna, now you got another customer yep. over there. Well, they ate some shitty food over in England, so. Right. Yeah, hot dog flavored water. So <laughs> when I was at, when I worked briefly at that New Hampshire station, you know, for in between, you know. Frank Evel. I was up there, and they had a, a sponsor, and it was a cake store. It wasn't like my grandma's, which is the world's greatest coffee. It was some other lo- local New Hampshire store. one 800 grandma <laughs> they had this jingle that ran every hour, it seemed like. Uh, all these cakes. Dun, 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 dun. We've got these cakes in the... Dun, dun, dun. They had a little song that they played with it. Oh. So I used to sing the dirty version to my radio host up there, and he'd laugh and couldn't go back on the air. 
I've got these, I've got these big fucking cakes up my asshole, oh, you know, and he, he, he couldn't, once I did that, he couldn't go on anymore. So I had to do all the talking. The host of the show, Mike Adams. Oh my God. But that was my song. I did it. So, uh, my grandma's those greatest, 1-800-8-GRANDMA. And, and so the royal family eats their, their coffee cake. And famous people in California. Bob Cates has told me this, he, he's gotten orders from some very famous people across America who ship these cakes all over the place. And you and you and me, Ooh. we have one of our own. Look thanks that. to Billy Lucky, in yeah. Naples, Florida. Lucky thanks, recipients. Billy. Thanks, Billy. He's a great, great guy. Now, uh, two stories I didn't talk about. By the way, I, th- I described, someone said, well, who's on your podcast? I said, well... There's Bill Smith. He's like the Tom Hagen of our podcast family. <laughs> Tom Hagen. And then Ben Kitchen, who's like the Luca Brasi. <laughs> you know, kind of scary, funny looking, and eats a lot. Yeah, you don't know what he's up to. <laughs> no, no one messes with him. Then there's me. Hmm. And who am I? Fredo. <laughs> Fredo. <laughs> Very good. I'm smart. I'm Don, I can do things. I'm Don Porleone. <laughs> you know, I come in here every week and you treat me with such disrespect. It's really fucking annoying. <laughs> come on, man. It wasn't bad. Uh, Yo, know, uh, where's Michael? Where's Michael? Does that sound like him? That's pretty good. It's, pretty yeah. good. Yeah. it's easier good. when you put a paper napkin in each cheek <laughs> to do that. Now, as you guys know, I used to be a Lyft driver. I think I'm going to quit. I don't know. I, I may or may not. On the road again. Harmony. I can't wait to get on the road again. Okay, I, I, I didn't do much Lyft driving this week, but I did pick up a lady named Arab. I think it was Arabella. Arabella. Nice Arabella. name. Yeah. I go pick her up, and she's going to uh, somewhere far. Uh, <laughs> it was far. It was down near uh, well, where Rick were, Randolph. Where were you when her. you picked her up? I, and when ne- you got the call? I go over near Worcester, you know, Westboro. I don't know. doesn't matter. Once they're in the car, I, I, they can't get up till I say so. <laughs> um, but I took Arabella, and I, you know, no, no, it was uneventful. We're on the highway, we're driving along. Now I didn't have, I don't have one of those little uh, phone things that holds your phone up while you're driving. A lot of Lyft drivers have on their dashboard. Oh, I, I just, know what I can get I you go, for Christmas. I go to the address. I said, okay, I know where I'm going, and I put it down on the seat next to me, right? Yeah. So as I'm driving, I'm looking for turn. I, mean, I look down to the, my right, and on the seat next to me is the phone. I can see it, you know. So, but I, I think I kept looking down at my seat, and so Arabella says to me. You got a problem? What? I said, what do you mean? I got a problem. What do you mean? I said, no. Wait, you got a problem? She goes, why do you keep looking at me? <laughs> because when I look down at the seat, she thought I was looking over my shoulder at her or something. Really bad, paranoid attitude on this woman. I said, no, I don't have a problem. I'm just driving you. I will have a problem if you talk to me like that again. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. No. I was thinking it. So she then then she uh, two minutes later she goes turn the volume up on the radio, okay. bossy little bitch. Okay, okay. Well, you want to be an accommodating you, Lyft driver, don't you? You got yeah, but I mean uh, the the most the thing you don't say to somebody if you don't want to have a problem with them is ha- do you have a problem? What do you got? What's your problem? If you say that to somebody, then you got a problem instantaneously. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like asking for a problem by saying what's your problem, yep. right? So I was kind of pissed at her. So when you get done with the ride, and then it asks you, Lyft asks you, would you drive this person again? And if you say yes, then they get five stars or, you know, whatever. 
I put no. And it says white. You know, rude. Rude. They I go. put rude yeah. up there. And so I know well, they won't match me up with her again. There's some people, when they're paying for the service, bitch. they just treat you like the hired help with no respect. I know, but yeah. I mean, sure. But in this case, he literally was the hired you help. You were the hired I help. Am, but I'm nice to people. <laughs> I, I always start off nice with everybody. If they, if they give me shit, then I get pissed pretty quick. It's like, what do you want from me? Do I have a problem? No. Am I driving funny? You crank. <laughs> <laughs> so what else? What else you got over there? Oh, the other thing that happened in, <clears throat> in my lift vehicle was I saw a van. You know how one out of five people now in Massachusetts is from a foreign country. Mm. And a lot of them get jobs or they start a business and they do their jobs and their business, you know, under the table. You know how it is. It's like because 20% of our population is newly arrived from foreign countries. So I'm driving in Worcester. I'm behind this van, and I see a truck that says, World Best Painting. <laughs> Not World Best Painting. World. World Best. World Best Painting. Okay, I'm thinking, okay. Then I read further down on the back of the truck, and it says, and fully insurance. There you go. <laughs> There you go. And I'm thinking, you mean to tell me that person went to school in America? No, they didn't go. You know what? Maybe to he did. School in America? <laughs> they did not. Uh, wow. So I, I'm uh, I'm concussed. Hmm? My whole life I've been concussed. I didn't realize it. I, I'm, I'm studying it. Is that what you were talking about? The edema thing? The Dane Bramage. No, that's my. That's my. Uh, that's inside my. <laughs> Your thing. You know the my, thing. My. What's it called? So uh, let's hear about this concussion now. Well, What's going on? How I realize you know? I'm going back in time. I'm thinking of, uh, I've had five, at least five concussions. Ooh. So these guys, Junior Seau and all these other guys, I, I think I've had more concussions than they have. And I'm looking at how normal I am. You there. turned out okay. Mm-hmm. See? Yeah. I, I had I had my first when I was five, terrible on the bicycle. Then I hit one in uh, second or third grade where I ran headfirst into a guy on a playground. He's running up the hill. I'm running down. Bang. We hit heads. I, I was out. out. Were then you I, playing Jack or were you playing Jill? I was just. Uh, well, said Jill came down with fifty cents. They didn't go up for water. Jack, for water. Jack and Jill went up the hill, each with a buck and a quarter. Jill came down with two fifty. Two fifty. I had a concussion when uh, I got hit in the face with uh, a half full bottle of Boone's Farm wine and oh, a bar fight outside bad. a bar. That was definitely concussion. You know, it's I mean, funny how oh. they don't break like they do in the movies. No, well, they when they have when they're three quarters full, they don't break very easily at all. They right. just break bones. Oof. When they're empty, they break. Yeah. Was it thrown at you or like struck? The guy swung it and hit me. It was, I was fighting three guys at once, and, and I had a blackjack in my hand, homemade blackjack, <laughs> and I'm fighting two you, of them. And then this third prepared. guy comes around the back, and hits me with a bottle. Oh, that was it. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. How old were you? Because when I met 19. you, like, 11 years ago, you were still carrying a blackjack in your pocket. Yeah, You've been yeah. carrying a blackjack I, in your pocket your whole well, life? they're quick. They're easy. They're homemade. They're cheap. They're nice. They work. All right. They get the job done. But this guy hit me with that bottle, man, and it was like, pop. I had green glass in my face. I had multiple contusions on the left side of my head. My, my entire eyeball was blood red for, like, two months. Oof, and ooh. it was swelled up. I looked like Frankenstein. It was, like, awful. I got hit bad. But that was a concussion. Well, what I'm saying is all these concussions, I think I have I think I'm like handicapped. I think I have an excuse. I could go back to WEI and say you fired someone who's handicapped. Oh. And it wasn't Mutt. Then Oh jeez. Sorry. Sorry, Mutt. What are you sorry for? Yeah. Was he sorry when I got fired? No. 
No. He and Kirk had a little party, you know, party favors and everything. Celebrate with him. You don't remember that? No, I, I anyway, don't recall any of it. My point is that, uh, that you don't can't fire we somebody the if don't they're handicapped. We and they didn't, maybe you know, I didn't know I was handicapped, but they fired me and I was handicapped. I think I should go back, ask for, you know, some cash. Finally take over an afternoon drive. By the way, Willie McGinnis, did you see what he did? Did you see the clip? Oh, no kidding. What happened there? Willie McGinnis was in Los Angeles, and I don't know who, what he was. Was it armed assault? Is that what they said? Well, he was him and his crew. He had three or four guys with him, and they they show the video. He walks in, there's a guy sitting in a booth with another guy, and Willie McGinnis comes up, bends over, talks to him, then punches him in the face. Then they all jump on, they start beating the shit out of this guy, and then Willie McGinnis is hitting him with a bottle. Oh, there's something going on there. Oh, man. So, Willie. Guy, have you seen this video? I'm watching it now. I wonder what the story Willie, is. So here's huge, Willie. By the way, yeah, he is a monster. Yeah, he in real is, life. and I always liked him. He, I got along good. Super with him. nice guy. He comes over. He goes. He said something to this guy. This guy goes, "What? What? You know?" And then boom, boom, boom. Here we go. Boom, bang. And Willie McGinnis is six, like six five, two seventy five. He's a big, big guy. He's huge. So he's in trouble, and he got arrested for uh, assault with a deadly weapon. He because he was hitting the guy with a bottle. But look at this. This is in some club. Out in L.A., so Willie McGinnis might lose his gig on TV. Yeah, love to know what the story is behind might. that. He's definitely losing his gig on TV after this. Yeah, I would, I would think so. I mean, Pierce yeah. lost his gig of having strippers at a party. But, you know, you're not supposed to have, uh, to me, if you're going to fight somebody and you're six foot five, just fight them. Don't bring three guys and I'll just beat the shit out of them. <laughs> yeah. It's and like wh- an ambush. And wear a belt. And wear a belt because we can see your entire butt crack in, uh, as that fight continued. <laughs> On its, on its merry way, um, I talked to uh, by Twitter on Twitter to uh, by to Callahan today, Jerry Callahan. Oh, how's Jerry first doing? First time you've talked to him in a couple of years. Uh, it was just a Twitter back and forth. I haven't seen him. In, I told him I haven't seen him in six years. I said, "What happened to?" You? He was on Newsmax doing his promotion of his new podcast. Yeah, and he looks good on on TV. Well, he looked pretty good except his neck. And I I wrote in the t- to him on the tweet. I said, when, "When did you get Andrea Mitchell's neck?" Oh no. <laughs> He says, "Should I, should I go with the Glen Ordway turtleneck, <laughs> which is pretty good?" Uh, but he mentioned on his uh, thing when he was on uh, Newsmax today, his interview, that at the border, at our nation's border, yep. 4.7 million people have come across on Biden's watch. He says that's more people than Ireland has. Mm-hmm. So what has happened is Biden has let in like the entire population of a country mm-hmm. into our country, There's and it ain't come. over. There's more to come. Yep. It's not even close to being over. But he said the other day, flat out, the border is totally secure. Yeah, sure. I mean, how many people believe that crap? He's a liar. <laughs> He's a liar. I wanted to promote our other podcast, too, while I'm in here, while I got your attention. Go ahead. It's called 15 Minutes of Shame. And for Ben, that's what he does on the toilet every morning. <laughs> I don't find that shameful. It, it's shameful. Shameful when you don't wipe. Oh, it is. Oh my God! Yes, you didn't know that. Oh, you're not supposed to walk out of the men's room with a Lincoln log in your. Uh, is that why I always look trunk? like Pigpen right. from <laughs> and Charlie Brown? Fifteen for- minutes of shame. You should Google it, search it out because uh, it's a growing, budding thing, much like our first guest in the in the uh, cannabis. That's right. It's a, it's a growth industry uh, that we're in here, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> from seed to weed. From, did you like that? I did. Uh, 
the other thing I wanted to mention was real quickly, uh, just as they do, sometimes they put sports last in the newscast. That's uh, that's what I'm going to do right now. Sports. Good afternoon, everybody. I am Tom Timmerman, reporting sports. Or as George Carlin once said, this is Biff Barnes with Speaking of Sports. Biffing him in, barfing him right back at you. Remember that? Uh, first, let me touch on the Patriots' loss. Oh. Worst fucking thing I've ever seen on the Patriots football field, ever. Can't, can't believe that happened. You know, people talk about the Jets. They talk about the, the uh, who's the guy? Uh, Sanchez did the butt. Mark Sanchez. What, what, what butt that? fumble. The butt fumble. <clears throat> they, you'll never for, they'll never forget that. Now, that was Raimondre, too. He, was, he had such a great game. And at the end, the last yes, thing he throws he said, it back to Jacoby down. Myers, and Jacoby Myers is like, "Hey, let me throw this ball thirty yards backwards <laughs> it, to the quarterback, who's not going to be able to right. do shit and, with and it." If you're down three, or you're down, then I understand doing that because the time's going to run out, and you're going to lose. Yep. When you're tied and you don't sit down in that situation, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. <laughs> you don't do that shit because that shit never works. All those lateral things, they hardly ever work, especially in a tied game. You don't see them. So I don't know what happened there. No, because everyone's seen that one play from the Cal-Stanford game in, like, 1983. That was the one. And they all want to replicate that, and it right. never works. Terrible. Terrible. Uh, so uh, that's the Patriots. Now, moving to the Celtics, all of a sudden, they lose to Orlando twice in a row. This is a team supposed to be the best team, and maybe are the best team in the NBA. And they lose to a team that's won one game on the road. Mm-hmm. And then now they've won three, and both of them were against the Celtics within a period of two days, right? Yeah. Awful. Awful, awful, awful. I went to the Friday night one. It was terrible. There's no excuse for that. They they were favored by like eight points or something, like ten maybe, to, to win the game. They lose, and then the second time you say, well, they're going to be fired up next time when they play because they're embarrassed. Mike, with your brilliant mind of analysis, what do you think happened? I think there's a serious uh, issue when it comes to rebounding and turnovers and, uh, you know, being lackluster defensively. <laughs> Uh, and then we just move on real quickly because I don't want to talk about the Bruins for any reason right now because they, you know, they won. They're fine. The Red Sox, what the hell are they doing? They're making more ch- bad changes than WEEI. <laughs> um, by the way, the new uh, afternoon show, Arcan and Mega, right? I don't know. Isn't that what it's going to be? I don't think so. No? No, I think they're keeping people in suspense. Ah, okay. I'll just wait. We'll wait. We'll wait for a couple weeks because we're not going to have a podcast next week, right? We're really? taking a oh, week that's right. off. Yep. Yeah. I'm having my uh, eyelids done. They're going spray- to They're going to needle uh, some collagen in there to puff them out. Let me yeah. see how they look right now. Oh, well, yeah. 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 I've lost some puffiness in my eyelids, and I used to have it all the time. Chronic puffiness in the eyelids, and it's I'm lo- so now just to look younger. Take, I'm having some collagen injected. In take it. a little out of your ass and put it in your eyelids. Oh yeah, come on. There's no collagen in my ass. They're taking it out of my lips. <laughs> um, so no podcast next week, <laughs> but we will have a special feature next yeah. week, which will be every single Joe and Jerry karaoke. <laughs> that could be for next week. Yeah. In the meantime. Uh, for Ben Kitchen, for Bill Smith, I'm Mike Adams, and uh, it's time for a little Christmas cheer from our good pal, our pals. Pals, plural. Pl- pl- let's oh, use right. the plurality. <laughs> Joe and Jerry with uh, our Christmas memories for you. Troop, we have the greatest collection of Red Sox Christmas hits ever recorded. Who can forget, Joe, the greatest gift of all? The Game 6 Red Stocking Game from Kurt Schilling. Oh, bloody sock. 
You helped me beat the Yankees. And a little Spanglish Feliz Navidad action from the great number 23, El Tiante. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Jingle bell swing. And how about a little holiday warmth from the usually distant Carly Ostromsky? Uh, chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Uh, Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Or was he nipping at your nuts? And this great ditty from spaceman Bill Lee from his farm up in Vermont. I'll be stoned for Christmas. Alex Cora contributes with his drumming skills. How can you beat it, Joe? Steal all the signs you can. Then beat your garbage cans. And Grady Little with this 2003 classic. Oh, holy shit. I should have pulled out Pedro. He lost his fastball, and he, well, he ruined my career. God damn it. And no Red Sox Christmas album would be complete without a tribute to the great number nine. Away in a chamber, it's Ted Williams' head. He's been cryogenic. Four years since he's dead. And the incomparable Manny Ramirez. I wish you a Manny Christmas. I wish you a Manny Christmas. I wish you a Manny Christmas. Now you buy my old grill. John Henry had a special wish list on the 12 days of Christmas. On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me a much wider seats. 80 bucks to park, $7 dogs, sell the Boston Globe, and a, and a muzzle for Linda Fazuti. Dave Dombrowski scored big with this smash hit. Still paying Pablo Sandoval, it's much to my dismay. He ate us out of house and home with what he ate each day. We even heard from the late owner of the Red Sox, Tom Yawkey, in this 1950s Christmas hit. I'm dreaming of a white ball club just like the ones I used to own. Ha <laughs> ha! Hark how the bells, sweet silver bells, all seem to say, throw cares away. Christmas is here, bringing good cheer to young and old, meek and the bold. Ding dong, ding dong, that is their song. With joyful ring all caroling, one seems to hear words of good cheer filling the air. Oh, how they pound, raising the sound, o'er hill and dale, telling their tale. Gaily they ring while people sing, songs of good cheer, Christmas is here. Merry, 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 merry Christmas. 